What's going on? Welcome to Burn After Noticing, the number one burn notice podcast that's sort of about burn notice. We're back again, as promised. I told you we would be back, and uh, by George, we're back. I am not alone. I brought Josh, my co-host, with me. Josh, hey. What's going on, folks? Uh, you said you're, you're by a guy named George right now? Yes, George Michael from Wham. I'm the other guy from Wham, whose name I always forget. I'm like, are you ta- are you speaking next to his, like Weekend at Bernie's corpse? Like, we go, because like a lot yeah. of people say that uh, I'm the Anthony Michael Hall of podcasting. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure at least two. Do people not ask me what that means. I don't. I don't feel like. It. <laughs> don't ask me what that means because I no, just. I, I'm going to be polite and pretend like I do and move on. <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to move on to introducing our guests this week. Who you probably heard here uh, laughing at that ridiculous bit. It's Nate Kylie. Nate, what's going on? Hi, guys. How's it going? Oh, it's going so good. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us on Burn After Noticing. No worries. I'm happy to be here. Uh, so we uh, we invited you along to watch an episode of Burn Notice with us this week. Uh, had you uh, ever seen Burn Notice before? Have I've you ever never seen the show? show before. Um, I've, I'm aware of it. I used to see like commercials for it and everything i always thought i thought that it was probably like a show made for like older people to watch that like seems like a really like hip actiony show but probably isn't isn't what it is and i think i might be right about that so you kind of more equated it with like the network tv like the ncis jag like kind of like procedurals for boomers type scenario yeah and having that having seen it now i'll say it is much better than that. I, I will give it that. I think there is a. <laughs> I think there is a, a thread, of something good in here. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very very strange show. Strange show is a, a good way to put. It. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange and goofy. Um, like hard, like it is a hard tone sometimes. Where yeah. Some are goofier than others, and this was a kind of a goofy one, honestly, in the context of some of the other ones. Yeah, which is interesting, you know, for those that have uh, been listening and following along, or if you're watching Burn Notice or have seen this show, yeah, we're getting towards the end of season two. Today's episode was season two, episode 14, uh, entitled Truth and Reconciliation. So we're getting close to the end of, uh, of long season two. It was broken up in two halves, 16 episode season. There's only two left. Um, and this one does kind of feel like a goofy diversion episode in large part when we probably should be like, you know, doing like a plot shit. What else has been happening in this season? So mm, as the title of the series uh, uh, implies, there's a burn notice out. On oh, Michael West. Okay. okay. There is a burn notice out on Michael. Uh, I don't know if you, you knew that or, you know, if the opening credits or the title or like how they speak to each other or say like four times an episode gave it away. There is a burn notice. Okay. Subtle. So yeah, Michael's been burned. They're trying to find the people. He's getting closer and closer. Um, There was like an assassin and they got to him and a guy with a, with a bomb and number six from Battlestar Galactica is pulling the strings. Wow. Yeah. So we're having a good time. They just get to a person. Then the person gives them another name and then they go to the next name. And they're just basically through the whole season being like, all right, this guy knows the name of the name that you need the name of. So there's th- this. <laughs> I, I don't know you, if you probably noticed this too, Nate, but there, uh, there are a lot of video game parallels in this series. Okay. This, this, this show plays a lot like a video game, and like a lot of sure. this is like like 
I feel like sometimes Michael like does what I do when I'm playing Skyrim sometimes and just like wanders off while he's on his way to like do the main quest thing and ends up getting like lost and doing a bunch of side quests all day instead. Sure. And then you realize, oh shit, I didn't even go back to that main quest I was supposed to do. I was out there like doing fetch quests and dungeons instead. Well, that's a great way to make a TV show. That's that's quality television, right there. It's, I mean, it seems to be working for him. I guess you know, another every week, another guy with an exclamation point over their head uh, walks up to Michael Weston, <laughs> like, "Hey, I got a job for you," and he's like, "How much does it pay?" It doesn't matter because I won't take your money. It's an Obsidian if, RPG. Yes. Ever notice? If you guys would have told me that, like, somebody found like a fully produced TV series from like the early '90s. And then, like, deep-faked uh, modern actors' faces onto all of the characters. I, w- I would absolutely believe that that's what this show is. <laughs> that's really good. Something I... so weird about it that, like, it, it feels like an old 70s cop show in pacing. And it looks super old. I know it's not. I mean, it's only, you know, back from 2007, which I guess is a long time ago. But... It's it's a very strange show to watch and be like, oh, wow, this is a modern television show. Yes, absolutely. And like I've talked about this before, but the uh, parallels and like this show really wants to be inspired by like Elmore Leonard. I feel like Like, it wants to be like get shorty, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it really has that influence and like that kind of like, uh, like everyone like you like no one's wearing a leather jacket, but you feel like everyone should be wearing a leather jacket. Everyone's dangerous, but we're still doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it was a little right. bit colder, they would all be in leather jackets. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That, but instead, they had to trade in for, uh, for Hawaiian shirts and uh, relatively nice suits. Miami's looking great, though, man. Yes. Like, yes. It's the Miami they, shots. They shoot on location, and it yeah. does pay off sometimes. Sometimes it does. Sometimes, and I think Lydia talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah. That, like, you, you do, like, you don't even realize they're shooting it in Miami, right. and you're like, why did we spend all this money flying people down here? But then you know, other the drone times, shots and like the establishing shots are all fun. Yeah, you do get like cool architecture and great scenery and stuff in certain shots. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an interesting show. Well, absolutely, Miami's a, a good locale for it, uh, for sure. And like this episode, like opens up uh, with like some like kind of fun opening music that <laughs> is so generic. I tried to find it on Shazam and it wouldn't come up. Oh, well, of course not. <laughs> I wanted watching... to know what it was. I was like, oh, this kind of goes actually. It was I've been a little watching. Bit of a jam. Uh, have you heard the show um, like Love at First or Marriage at First Sight or whatever? Have not. No. It's where they like pair these people up like almost like Ninety Day Fiance, but more of like a game esque to it because it's like okay. they pair them up and then like after seven weeks if they want to stay married or get divorced. <laughs> but that show is now the king of um, just total uh, royalty free music bonanza like oh, wow. the, if you watch it with subtitles on some of the lyrics of these songs are truly wild oh they even have lyrics like generic oh, yes. music with oh great and i think the same thing would happen if you tried to shazam it you would find nothing yeah absolutely i've been watching forged in fire lately and they always have like great like metal rip-offs and it's always like adjacent yeah. like, they play this one that's like not do host but it's close enough to do host that you're thinking about it well, they're just like chopping a pig in half or like slicing an ammo box. You guys, this is so crazy. I, I like, we should all like really be best friends and start a Forged in Fire podcast. I love um, Forged never, in Fire. Never um, so our, much. Uh, our good friend on Twitch, uh, Jake the Snake, uh, does Forged in Fire streams. They're really oh, fun. Oh, that's so uh, awesome. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. We'll do Forged in Fire and then like in the, in the chat, we'll do bets on who's going to win. 
So uh, what really I nice. think Forged in Fire needs, Forged in Fire, it's like a, a reality competition show about knife making. So like instead of baking, they're, they're making knives out of something. And what I think Forged in Fire needs is a villain. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, the judges are all like nice guys. Yeah. But I think they need a contestant who comes on the show. And every time there's a contestant on the show, it's like one of three guys. It's a Lord of the Rings nerd. It's a it's a forty year seasoned welding tradesman, or it's like some old guy that doesn't have anything to do anymore. Yep, retired. And they all love making knives. What they need <laughs> is like crazy a young person like me or Paul who like learns to make knives expertly and comes in and says like knife making is a fucking joke. Just a knife heel. Yeah, this is the easiest thing you <laughs> the can Smith do. Smith heel. Exactly. I've been doing this for like. A year, and I already know way more than everybody out here. I love that. Every time, that would be so great. I love that. Now, so I was going to say, there's already plenty of heels on the show because there's always a lot of cops. Yes, that's true. So plenty of bad guys to choose from there if you want to root against somebody. (laughs) Um, If you want to root against somebody on Forged and Fire, there's always a cop there. Uh, but no, I love this. I love like someone that would just like be an explicit heel, just like be a total dipshit about it. Because they're always very respectful about the art of knife. Just like imagine a guy like in an interview just being like, "Yeah, I'd fuck Doug Markaida up." Dude. Yeah, right. Hell right, yeah, right, right. I'll make a better fucking knife than one of those judges. Fuck those guys. <laughs> I'll make a Damascus steel bl- fucking kukri blindfolded right now. You get it hot, right? Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah, dude. What? You put it in the fucking. Oh, you got a hammer, <laughs> loser. There's he a guy. Just, in, there's a guy in Game of Thrones with one arm that does this shit. How fucking hard can it be? He just brings a 3D printer and makes the knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's like way more efficient. What are you guys using? Iron? What is this? 1472? I'm using advanced polymers, bitch. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Yeah. Uh, this is the Fortune Fire podcast now. Oh, dude, Fortune Fire is so Honestly, good. Honestly, though, no, Fortune Fire is great. And the host, like, start uh, watching it now. The host, like, personalities are good. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Willis. Will Willis is good. Will I don't Willis like... is great. Doug is great. I love Doug I like Doug. I like the, the uh, steampunky guy. I don't like the other guy. He seems weird to me. The, uh, the what, like, Ben, uh, the guy who like the the guy who won and no, then became like a Ben's judge. Ben's nice. The guy that he Ben's replaces right. the, the the master bladesmith. Jay Nielsen. Yeah, Jay Nielsen seems like a dick. <laughs> He's probably master a little bit of a dick IRL. Yeah, yeah. probably. Like that is that is his official title. Like he took a test to become a master bladesmith. Master bladesmith slash kind of a dick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and clearly has some sort of sponsorship with like Carhartt now or something because that's. But all he, he can literally build a weapon and then kill you with it. So. Absolutely, it has my respect. <laughs> has my, I just bought a bunch of knives recently? I know I've tweeted about this, but uh, I decided I needed some knives. Uh, what would you buy? What you buy? Apocalypse. I got a combat Tonto. It's like a trench knife. Okay. Um, that's pretty rad. I got a little folding knife, like more of a tool one, just has like a carry kind of thing. Sure. Um, I got a little uh, fighting knife that I just thought looked cool that was on sale. Um, I got a carom bit because I wanted something that looked like I bought uh, at a trade center knife show. And I got yeah, a little carom bits knife. are badass. Yeah. Carom bits rule. It's a really cool one. I got pictures of them on Twitter. If you want to see the knives I bought recently, you can check me out. Uh, check out my Twitter. And uh, where you can see Shaky's or Josh's, Josh's candles. candles. <laughs> we just talked about that earlier. One's burning right now. And uh, yeah, you can see Josh's, Josh's candles, candles and you can see my knives on our Twitter pages. That's awesome. Mm. I'm the candle and salt lamp guy now. Yep. Cool. Well, and while you were getting candles, I was studying the blade. 
I was studying oh. Sonya Blade. And they sent me a free shovel, too, which I thought was very nice. I got a nice little Oh, like a little folding it. shovel? It doesn't fold, but it's got like just one of like the short little wooden handles. Sure, yeah, those um, things are cool. Is that for like, yeah, it's like a little spade? Is it for like digging uh, trenches for the people you kill? Uh, yes, correct. That sounds about right. Absolutely. Okay. Paul, I, I just want to like um, up the weirdness of the knife guy level here. Please do. Yeah, okay. So when I was younger, I did martial arts, okay? And oh, yeah. um, I, I am a second degree black belt. That's not a joke. Um, that rocks. When I was a first degree black belt, Kill Bill came out in theaters. Okay. Oh, yeah. Love Kill Bill. And my karate school decided that they were going to start teaching people to use samurai swords. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, where's it going? I have go on. about a year and a half of legit training in how to use a katana. I, I put on the whole, um, the whole like fencing outfit that the the samurais wore and everything. Oh, and actually shit. Got to fight with like the wooden swords and everything. I practiced a lot. I can cut an apple in half that I throw in the air. I mean, I used to. I haven't tried to do that in a year. Um, but wait, wait, so you are an actual fruit ninja? I can slice fruit in half with wow. a sword. Wow. Holy shit. You're an actual fruit ninja. You're an actual fruit ninja. Absolutely. That fucking rocks, dude. What's and your high score? I, I I mean, I can only do one at a time, kind of. But do you Okay, now do you have any pictures of you in in the gear? Oh, I've got pictures. I still have my fucking my gear, dude. Send like, us a photo of you in the gear and we're going to post it to our Twitter, Absolutely, please. dude. I will send <laughs> yeah, you that fuck sounds yeah. great. I'll send you a I'm picture of my sword that has my soul inside. I would love to, to I would love to exchange blade photos. It's at home at my parents' <laughs> oh, house, but they will send me a picture of it. That's great. It's I like used nudes. to in, in the family. I don't know what's happened to them because they haven't been around in a long time. But we used to have uh, uh, a katana and a wakazashi off of officers that my great uncle wow. killed in uh, Japan in That's World War II. Cool. And Pelelu. Pelelu was fucked up. Really, really bad part of the war. Having, yeah, he got through there and had uh, that and like a, a flag with a bullet hole in it that was like sewn wow. into a guy's chest. Yeah, like an old uh, officer sword. That's cool. That's yeah, they were insane too. Like I've I remember touching them like probably 15, 20 years ago, and they were still fucking super sharp. They had oh, I bet. just like a beautiful hamon line on the blade. Right. Oh man, they were gorgeous. Uh, yeah. uh, Josh, a hamon is when you put clay all over the blade before you um, put it in the fire. And that keeps the part of the blade with the clay on it soft and keeps the edge very hard and helps it not break when you hit stuff with it. Wow. Yes. So in I'm addition to so creating that, that, that kind of quality, you also get uh, some very cool patterns and lines line. and designs yeah. along. It's like when you see like a, like a samurai sword that has like a cool like pattern like along the side of the blade. That's the homone. That's the homone. Wow. Josh so has this learned is really, so much about really pro wrestling podcast. and knives since yeah. this podcast started. I'm proud of him. That's <laughs> what we're I, here for. We gotta buy knives. Apparently, I did always like to go. You could buy like real knives at Knott's Berry Farm, and they'll like hold it for you till the end of the day. Jesus, <laughs> nice. <laughs> keeping it true to the old west uh, roots in a little old western town. I would honestly learning how to forge a blade would be really cool. That seems like a pretty badass hobby. You know what? I tried to set up a forge when I moved out here, to, like away from Los Angeles, out into the desert, and it's it's a little harder than I thought. But it, it's not that hard of a hobby to pick up. I don't think. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, there are like if you watch Forge and Fire, like there's some real goofs that picked it up. So. Oh yeah, dude! Like I love the first episode where it's like, it's like a 
it's like a bladesmith, like a guy who does this for a living, competing against this Filipino guy that like dug a pit in his backyard. Yep, I, I actually just watched that recently because season like, one's available on Amazon Prime. And, and I think the guy with the pit in the backyard loses, but the swords are pretty close to like, you know, uh, quality, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were like dead even almost. Yeah, and like, I, I think they each failed like one test and both succeeded at one and then like came down to like what they looked like, I think, or like something have you seen the pirate guy i think i have seen the pirate guy i've been watching like a bunch of them like just binging them it's like all kind of blends together but man it's such a fun show he writes a he writes a pirate song when they go back to his his home forge to make his a shanty uh, he writes a shanty we love shanties sings oh wow what a badass that That kicks ass i love pirates i uh i just recently played assassin's creed black flag on my oh that's fun uh, such a great game, really fun. I just feel like been getting really into this. Like it's been a pirate lore kind of year. Like I watched Black Sails uh, sure. earlier this year, and that kind of got me going. Like getting me back into Robert Louis Stevenson now. Yeah, I've gotten um, an audio book about like the real life history of pirates that I just really haven't gotten into yet. Pirates are cool. I, yeah, I mean, I'm li- I'm literally one of the. We joked about me buying candles. One of the candles <laughs> I bought and have lit is one that's supposed to mimic the water smell of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. It is funny when you like uh, brought oh, up that I you got a that. Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean candle. I don't want like the environment to smell like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Like it's the, the world water. is like, the world. Okay, now that you've specified that it's the water, it's a lot more comforting because like yeah, the world in seventeen like fourteen did not smell good. Well, it wasn't like good. Everybody the, stunk like shit. Have you been to like Disney World or Disneyland for the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like the, the very distinct smell. Well, um, hold, hold on, because the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean ride does not smell good either. <laughs> like, oh, the water does. I love that smell. I, it's it's like seventy year old water, dude. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the old it's, water. It's the I can't think of the chemical. That I was like, no, it's good. It's fine. It's been in that no, it's building a, it's, since 1960. <laughs> <laughs> it's a certain smelling chemical. It's not chlorine. I love the I smell of standing theme park. Water. I do know what you mean, though. Yeah, it has a specific. That's like, how you know Josh is just like a diehard theme park guy. He just loves. I like am. This, he just loves like the smell of like just standing theme park water because it just smells like the rust coming out of like the the fucking like metal girders sticking out of it. it smells great. Make my room smell like the pirate water from disneyland yep. that's so funny room smelling like cinnamon toasted almonds now that's good that's nice though that's a that's good like one. a dole whip there's i buy i buy them as presents the dole whip smelling candle rules my wife's Ooh, been that, making okay, that's good. dole whip like crazy it's so i've been to the dole plantation in hawaii and it is oh that's cool so good aren't they like uh didn't they do like slave labor or something Oh, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Like some CIA stuff I think everything, shit. everything down there. I don't. I don't think you could go anywhere without like finding something kind of horrific. Uh, that's yeah. great. Let me just go get this a uh, big bite of a banana. And, uh, <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's seriously like with um, because I went to the Tabasco plant last year, and in their little museum thing, they had like pictures, and of course Tabasco opened in like the mid 1800s, and like it had a picture of what clearly looked like slaves, but they said like workers or something weird and i'm like "Mm." yeah i was in um i was in amsterdam uh two years ago and i i really love going there uh i've been there twice but uh we did like a boat tour with like a whole history of like the uh, dutch east india trading company and everything Mm. 
and the way they talked about it and really minimalized it was just kind of shocking. And I, I, I mean, I have no idea like what culturally that stuff plays into over there, but it was, it was, we like, love historical okay, revisionism. Dude. Don't we folks? Oh yeah. Great. Great. Speaking of, um, Island nations that have been exploited by America and have the history of eyes. <laughs> wow. This episode wow. of bird notice features a bunch of Haitians. <laughs> I was Wait, like, wow, what? that is great segue. So, oh, we're uh, talking about a TV show, right? Okay. Yeah, this ep- yeah, we're ta- this podcast is about burn notice. Kind We've of. hit the twenty minute mark. We can start talking about it now. I so guess we it, can. Is it Heidi? Is it Haiti? Is it because they say it three different ways? The, in the Haitians episode. say Haiti. Yeah, right. The other non-Haitians say Haiti, and then you had the a French way? accent in there. I don't know what's going on. And then you have the way Fiona says it, just being Fiona. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this episode uh, features um, a, a lot of Haitian cast members, well, uh, cast members who we are told are Haitians. Uh, look it up. None of these people are Haitians. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That literally makes sense. zero of them are Haitian. Uh, and their accents definitely tell you exactly that. But, oh, wow. Yeah. Hold on, guys. Uh, I am looking at john pierre's father's imdb page he's a man named clarence williams the third that is motherfucking samson simpson my guy oh wow <laughs> that's yeah, samson simpson from half baked that's that's where i know him from oh my oh, god oh wow okay hell yeah but i actually that's another thing i did on 420 watch if uh, you Half-Baked. go to his imdb the photo that he uses there is the coolest photo i've ever seen it looks like oh yeah out of yeah. 1978 and he's got a huge afro it looks really awesome what a pimp oh yeah that's great i'm looking at it now too that is awesome oh wow like he's looking right at me and I, what a I really cool like ass it. dude! <laughs> yeah, he's in uh, he's in uh, Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood, right? Yeah, wow, wow, he's got a big career. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, he's in all kinds of shit. Yeah, he's a he's a great that guy. This episode features a lot of our favorite that guys. Even like the uh, Jean Pierre guy is like a that guy. He's been in stuff forever. I'm looking he's at him right now. He's like a guy you'll see in all kinds of stuff. Speaking oh, sure. of people in this episode too. We mentioned it earlier, the director of this episode, Ernest R. Dickerson, who directed Juice and did cinematography on a few Spike Lee movies. I mean, there were some, like, uh, to Nate's point, like, like visually interesting stuff happening in, the, in this episode. So that makes sense, like, a good cinematographer is who directed it. Do you guys want to talk about that little uh, connection between the two of them, that, between the star and the cinematographer that we might have discovered? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, it just says on uh, Jeffrey uh, Donovan's IMDb that he was an uncredited hotel employee in Vegas Vacation. Uncredited so in Vegas Vacation. may know which... some people from that franchise, I think. So um, <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was directed by a guy who did a couple of very good Burn Notice episodes. Right. So there is a, there is a vacation connection. It's wild. So maybe it's there so needed to be a director, wild. and maybe Donovan was like, hey, guys, I got a guy for you. <laughs> got this fucking guy. He directed this fucking vacation movie. What and, is, uh, what is up so with, weird. with James Donovan's teeth? Jeffrey Donovan, but yeah. Jeffrey Donovan's teeth, yeah. He does like, have those teeth, doesn't he? He just has those teeth. I call him, you know guys know what I'm talking about. I call him those psychopath teeth. He has a psychopath face. Yeah. Like oh, if, for sure. If you would have cast him as Dexter instead of Michael C. Hall, it wouldn't sure. have been as good of a show, but it would have worked on a level. It would have been scarier. Oh, absolutely. It may have been scarier. I don't know, man. Michael C. Hall he's was really like fucking a, good in those he's first He's got like a seasons. Michael Shannon thing going on, kind of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Kind of dead behind the eyes there. 
and his teeth they're they're perfect (laughs) they're too perfect they each have like a millimeter of space in between them, I think. Like they, just just a little bit too much space in between them to where I'm like, what's going on with your teeth, man? <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a, a mouthful of them. Just a lot of t- lot going on in there. A Cheshire cat. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a weird casting. <laughs> oh, man, Donovan has a Cheshire cat. With, with the Boston accent. I'm into just like, like Alice in Wonderland, but with the bird notice cast. Like maybe Donovan gets like knocked out by somebody and he's like having a fever dream or like in a coma. Like he is in an Alice in Wonderland situation. Jesus. Maybe Fiona is Alice. Are there any like, are there any like, is there like a musical episode of Burn Notice? Is there like any oh, special God, episodes? I mean, this show does go seven seasons. So maybe by season six or seven, they, they start doing those like lazy musical ideas. episodes. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be- like, you know how Family Guy one. just does, like, five-minute musicals because they'd have nothing to write about anymore? Or, like, uh, an episode where, like, I uh, he can't hear anybody or something. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's that kind of show. Yeah. I You know, I hey, we'll see. Maybe. we got plenty of time. There's plenty of episodes to go. We're just getting into it. And so to just get into it, uh, the episode, of course, opens up with our little 30-second recap. And, uh, Nate, you not seeing the show before. Like, the little, uh, you know, My Name is Michael Weston. Here's it's a great show recap. Here's... That's yeah. what we're going to ask you. Yeah, did that do it for you? Oh, yeah, it's great. It, it clued me into exactly what the show is about. And I will say that I think his little narrations are the strongest part of the show. Interesting. This is a, <laughs> this is a new take. Have people not liked that before? So a lot of folks don't like it. Okay, yeah, so like, people don't like it. what I see there is the skeleton of this show. What I see there is someone who, like understands uh covert surveillance spy work to an extent that he was able to like write about it the way that like a lawyer writes a law drama or something like that because they're very they're very interesting like when he was talking about if you understand that a mark uh has a personal connection to a necktie you can hang that man with that tie that's great that's now, you know, awesome. Some of those are really good. And now, okay, this is a perfect time to bring this up in, in a gaming connection. Um, so yesterday, just yesterday, I played uh, Rockstar Games Max Payne 3 from start oh, to finish boy. all in one day. And I got to tell you, that game is fucking Burn Notice. <laughs> Max Payne 3 is Burn Notice, just like darker and with less humor. Um, huh. It's just it's a much more nihilistic burn notice, but like it's the same. Like Max Payne has like the same kind of like things where, like he's narrating the whole thing and like has to have a one-liner for everything, or like a connection for everything. And you're just running around in tropical environments, killing people. Uh, and yeah, it's it just like I was astounded by how many uh, times I was like, this is just fucking burn notice. Because yeah, every single time I heard his little quips or his narration, I was like, oh, that works. But then like all of this like fluffy G-rated TV surrounded around those aspects is what's pulling this down, honestly, in my opinion. I mean, it's strange like how like, yeah, tonally different uh, the presentation is when it comes to those things. Like the narration is like this serious spy thing. Cause like Michael Weston is kind of a humorless guy, right? He's like a serious guy. He's a spy. All he wants to do is like be a spy and like protect families and like help dads. He just wants to help dads. He loves his ma. He wants his ma. Well, there's another thing, another connection to to Max Payne and to Michael Weston and to a lot of guys we talk about is a way to really understand 
Michael Weston and who he is, and Max Payne also is. You have to understand that he's a he's a wifeless wife guy, right? <laughs> Jeffrey or, or Michael Weston is a wife guy. He just doesn't have the wife, so he's acting all out of sorts because he's he, he needs the wife. You're you're saying he's a man uh, burdened by responsibilities of his past, possibly, or just like doesn't have a wife and it makes him all weird. What, it's like what? Max Payne. Like Max Payne's wife was taken from him, and he went on this real dark, nihilistic downward spiral because he was a wife guy who right. then had the wife taken from him. What is the, the story with his with his mom? Is is that really his mom or not his? Yes, mom? that's really from, his mom. From yeah, what we know, mom. it's really his mom. Um, so he just his, happened to get burned in the in the city where he has like a support system in place. They, they, yeah, we've talked about this. They put him there on, on purpose. Okay. And I feel like yeah. putting him in the place where he's gonna have like the most support and like resources at yeah, his like disposal. Yeah, like what's what's the problem? Go live with your mom. <laughs> well, this is why. This is what like is what is is to make us believe like. Oh well, the people that burn Michael have bigger plans at hand, oh. obviously. Because yeah. like we're we're also supposed to believe if they wanted him him dead, like he'd be dead by now. Ah, and like I, that's it's obviously true, true, right? If they wanted him dead, they would just like put a bullet in him and be done with it. Yeah, they could have killed him multiple times. So like they need him for something, here. but we just don't know what. And that's another thing about this episode is that we're almost done with this season, and there was zero fucking plot development for the main stuff. None. Besides that, yeah. like one thing at the very end with our boy Victor, who we'll get to Victor, but fucking Victor. <laughs> but we'll let, let, so this episode starts out with um, something we talked about, like we like the like the upbeat, like goofy music and the drone shots um, and some knives. <laughs> There's a knife fight. It opens right up with a knife fight, which that was kind of cool. Yeah, dude. There was a knife fight right away. So Michael meets this uh, alleged banker from the Caymans who's going to give him the account number he's looking for. Turns out, surprise, surprise, he's not. He's like a spy dude, tries to kill Michael. Michael fucking throws him off a parking structure. This was insane. Started 30 seconds into the episode, he fucking throws this guy off a parking structure. So that was pretty rad. What'd you think of that, Nate, being like your first exposure to burn notice and a guy gets just dropped on his skull like right away? Yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see someone get thrown off a parking structure um it's, but it's yeah, bad it was, for your health from what i understand it was badass it was it was i was like oh cool. cool that's cool yeah it was pretty fucking cool. i wasn't <laughs> yeah i was not expecting that from this show that's definitely true it was a strong start to the episode, and and of course, like he didn't like totally push him off. It was like sort of almost like he slipped. Like Michael's always like enough like steps of culpability away from full murder that you can still root for him, and with him out being like a sociopathic serial killer, sure. Like he's got a body count, but he like does a lot of murder by proxy and stuff like that. Like where he'll get people in situations to get murdered by others. Yeah, just so he sense. feels a little better about himself. It's that cat. It's that Irish Catholic guilt. That makes he sense. can't. Yeah. He can't live with it, you know. Yeah. Pit him and Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of people. Ooh, Jeffrey Donovan would have made a good Daredevil too. Hell Honestly, yeah. yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, Jeffrey yeah, Donovan is Daredevil. Who plays the television one? Uh, Charlie Cox. Who was good? That's right, Charlie Cox. Who was already, very good? It already looks like there's like nothing going on behind his eyes. So if he had like big milky contacts, like oh yeah, see, yeah, absolutely. He's also He's... our first um, accent of the episode. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, we get we get a lot it. Well, of accents. Yeah, there's yeah, been some accents. Well, we also get a fish first too. Can we talk about the fish real quick? Big fish. Yeah. So Big old. It starts fish. off with a knife fight and a huge fish. Big old yeah. fish. Uh, Biggest fish. Sam just walks in. Hey, uh, what am I cap? But he's got a fish, Michael. You want the protein? <laughs> he was baiting the ocean, and he finally caught the oar fish, so he can give it to Blathers in the museum. That's a great okay. impression. And instead of going to the museum, he takes it right to Michael. What a guy. 
<laughs> I figured he would have donated it at first. Donating it for the poor uh, museum's uh, research. So, Absolutely. you know, behind the scenes, I'm assuming that, like, those four or five shots with the fish in it took about, like, a day to shoot, maybe. You know, maybe a little less. That fish stinks, dude. You know that. Oh, it's got to smell so bad. Yeah, I was thinking. There's like, no ice. Was, it's Miami. It's hot as balls. Shirt. It's like cut. All right, put the fish back in the cooler. Yeah. You know, you know, Bruce Campbell is like, all right, guys, we're getting this in one take. Get that shit rolling. Get this fish out of my. Face. I'm not letting this fish stink all day. Come on, we're professionals. I'm well, you, know, you know what, Bruce probably uh, Bruce probably did get it in one fucking take too, and everybody else fucked up. The man has been covered in blood enough in his career. <laughs> he never does also not true. More gross stuff. Happening. Yeah, I don't think Bruce is worried about a fish after being in so many Sam Raimi movies. Yeah. Bruce Which I just saw him in. Speaking Bruce... of, uh, we just watched uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man, uh, where no. he's like the uh, he's the Why ring announcer even... guy. Why is everybody oh. watching the, that sh- movie again? Because it's just, good. Didn't it just go on Hulu too? Uh, oh, that's probably why. Yeah. It's good. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a great. I movie. know. I'm not saying it's not. It's actually. I think it's better than any of the MCU shit. Honestly, <laughs> I think it might be better than great. every single MCU movie. Yeah. Alfred Molina is a uh, Doc Ock and Spider Man Two. That was oh, fun. I do Fantastic. like Alfred Molina and Spider Man Two. Yeah. I, I like uh, I like the Sandman guy too. Like obviously the um, I think that's three, right? That's yeah, three, that was yeah. three. Obviously, the, the you know the movie's a little messed up, but I think his performance is is is, is kind of solid. I like it. Who plays the Sandman? Is it um Thomas Jane? Oh, really? I maybe. Think so I'm trying to think of who I it was. I don't even know if I've actually seen Spider-Man three, or I I have maybe a long time ago and just didn't like. Uh, I have more memories of listening to How Did This Get Made Spider-Man three episode than I do the actual movie. Yeah, good episode. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. Um, so we got a fish. Um, oh, they're gonna no, go. It's, it's, uh, they try Thomas, to bring the fish to a restaurant. Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden, Thomas Church. Hayden yeah. Church makes more sense. Right. Thomas Jane and Church. <laughs> There's an episode, of, probably an episode of Hung about that. I remember? Hung, <laughs> oh, probably the short-lived uh, Thomas Jane vehicle on HBO. Oh yeah, I liked Hung. I did too, but it's more proof that you can never make a sustainable show set in Detroit. It's very sad. They all fail. And they, I get, yeah, they all get canceled. So, that's so true. Do you guys like Every Detroiters? Every Detroit show gets canceled. I still haven't seen Detroiters, and I hear it's great. I'm in the, I really want to. I'm in the it's middle like not of season on one. It's so funny. Be, being from there, I was very interested in seeing what are you, it. What are you watching it on? It. I torrented it because I, okay. I can't find <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that seems to be the only Folks, way to get it. Folks, support shows that get canceled by stealing them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's already gone now, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing any harm. Yeah, once it's been canceled, steal it. Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah. That's been canceled for a couple of years now. Definitely. Um, then it, Here's a great transition after the fish scene. Uh, Madeline Weston, Michael's mom, calls Michael and says, there's been a break-in. Come quickly. And he's like, all right, mom, I'm on the way. And they, the transition scene is an establishing shot of like someone paragliding with like happy, quirky music playing. Oh, yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so, totally strange. It's and, weird. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense afterwards because you find out it was a false alarm, like the, the like the break in emergency, like wasn't that big of a deal or whatever. Right. But like, that's not a good way to like. You're supposed to build that tension until that moment, right? Like, so it's supposed to be like, oh shit, what's going on? Until you reveal like, oh, it's just a car stereo. Right. But nope, we just get right into like the uh, the paragliding scene, which that looked nice, you know. They probably paid a good amount of money for it. They want to get some mileage out of it. I, I guess so. Yeah. Like, hey, we got this paraglider for the day. What else you want to do? 
<laughs> we'll find a we'll find somewhere to put it in. I'm sure the editors won't pick a weird jarring. Trip. The next Jeffrey Donovan is gonna uh, be on a podcast in 20 years. They're gonna talk about uh, his uncredited appearance as the paraglider on Burned Up. <laughs> he was the one. Wow. How close are you guys to getting? Donovan on the podcast. Oh, not at all. Zero. Oh, no. Uh, zero closeness. Uh, he yeah, seems no like, uh, in real life, uh, uh, it seems like a pretty serious guy, too. So I mean, I feel like uh, you guys probably like sent a couple emails, talked to his publicist Absolutely. already, right? Yeah. I think we'd have better luck with Bruce, but I, I feel like that's a long ways off, too. Yeah, it just takes like one kind of random tweet. and then I like, would even take a Bruce Campbell cameo. Bruce, get on cameo. Yeah, none of them. We've talked about that, I think, before. None of them are on cameo. Yeah, it's That's interesting. Bruce Campbell would clean up on Cameo. It, yeah. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. I feel like he'd have to ch- like charge a lot too, though, because like he's the man. Sure. He'd be like two fifty, you think? Yeah, he'd be like, what, what's the maximum? What's the most you can charge? Oh, the more. I don't what know. Is, what does Caroline Calloway charge? Whatever, a dollar more than that. Because like, um, one of the Kardashians, I think, or no, I think it might have been Caitlyn Jenner. Um, was like a thousand. That's <laughs> so good. I was. So I think like, it's a well, very well, funny well, bit to like uh, make yourself like the maximum price on those uh, platforms. <laughs> yeah, for that it's very good. Speaking of just... Caroline Calloway, like she made her OnlyFans fifty dollars a month, which is brilliant. I love that. Do you guys know how the payout system works on Cameo? No idea. I really don't know. Either. I was just listening to YKS and they were talking about how on Bam Margera's Cameo there was like. 50 videos of him like in a casino saying the like same exact thing to like a bunch of different people and that made them think that like maybe when someone like orders your cameo it like gets the money gets held in an escrow account and then like as soon as you give them the video you get the money Oh, because it seemed like he like needed four hundred dollars real oh, quick or something. You know what so I mean? maybe he like knocked out a bunch of cameos to like get a, get his money real quick. Deposited. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Which hmm. seems weird. Like I always would just assume that they like pay you out like at the end of the month or something. Yeah, you get like a but monthly like, like here's all your cameo money. Yeah, so I, I that that interested me too, like how the payouts work on that system. That would make sense, I guess, like because like you could, if they just took the money and then it kind of fell into nothing, I guess you have to kind of complete that before you get right. access to it. What happens if you don't? Get I don't think it would be that course. instant, though. That seems like incredibly instant. I mean, even Patreon pays out like monthly. Like yeah. Twitch does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's I gotta t- I uh, I might know some people that are on Cameo. I have to ask about that. We have to do some research now. Got to do some yeah, cameo research. Yeah. I would have yeah. bought a cameo from a burn actor notice by now if or if they were here. If yeah. they were on cameo. Oh yeah, I told we totally would have get cameos from burn notice cast members. Yeah, for sure. We were, it would have easily. Had, we, we, we should get cameos from people who have guest starred in episodes of burn notice and ask them about it via cameo. That Did was what I was thinking. I need to look back. Clarence Williams the third. Does Clarence uh, Williams the third have a cameo? I hope so. Here's they? the thing. I want to ask him about half baked. Everyone asks him about half baked though. Maybe doing something yeah. different would be a good idea. Oh shit! All right, maybe we'll have to uh, to get into that at some point. Uh, back into the episode of Burn Notice, uh, accents. You guys want to talk oh, yeah. about accents? It's about a TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's. <laughs> it's about accents, is what it's about. This is a podcast about accents, um, and there were some in this episode. <laughs> French. Uh, so yeah, as we as we mentioned, the uh, the exclamation point uh, quest giver of the week uh, is a Haitian man uh, whose daughter was murdered some time ago in Haiti. Um, and now the man who did it is in America, and he's like making his way in like some other criminal empire, right? He he has a letter. 
Right, yeah, he's got a letter from like some sort of Haitian court that's like, yeah, this is the bad guy. He has a letter um, from somewhere. Yep, it's from it's it's a letter from the Clinton Foundation that says that uh, this guy can come back. And so he uh, he wants Michael to help him. Michael's at first apprehensive, but then I like this is an interesting wrinkle. Michael says no to this guy this time. He's like, no, you need to let it go. We can't be dealing with this. Get out of here. And then over a fish lunch with Sam, Sam talks Michael into this job. Interesting. Which is a little bit different than usual. Yeah, Sam's it's like, like guilt trip. Michael. Really. Michael's, uh, Sam's usually trying to talk and be like, Michael, this job is stupid. Don't take this one. But he's like, Michael, we were, I've seen these Haitian prisons. They're pretty <laughs> fucked up, dude. They're not I love, great. I, love I think the big thing is that. All the different characters. They really <laughs> I think the thing, though, is that it was, to a, think these Haitian a daughter bad, this week. <laughs> it was a daughter this week. So it was like, usually it's the son that guilt trips him. Yes. Maybe because he can't relate to himself. But, you know, it's the, the, the daughter's dad. The dad needs help. And, again, Michael likes needs to go out in there and help dads. And this uh, this is a dad that needs help. So you knew it was He tried happen. to stop it, but he had to go help the dad. Has to go help the dad. So Sam talks yeah. him into doing dad help. So they got to infiltrate it, and they start with Fiona doing just a spectacular French accent uh, to, to make contact with the, uh, the bad guy, uh, Jean-Pierre Dumont. Are you guys dads? I am not a dad. <laughs> I'm not a father, no. I'm just going to keep... I'm a cat dad. Dad stuff. Dad yeah, stuff talk, hits talk. me harder. Now. Yeah, you're our resident dad here on this podcast right now. I'm so. a dad. So yeah, knowing... So seeing Michael spring into action for dads and seeing that this this dad on a quest for justice, how did this... Let's talk about it. Uh, did it hit you in the dad strings? It hit different. It hit different. <laughs> Hitting different for dads. This, I mean, this is a show for dads. This is a dad show. This is a dad. We've Clearly. said that before. Bird Notice Clearly. is fucking straight up dad TV. Hey, dads rule. All right? There, People are saying it more and more. Dads, dads rock. No. So, yeah, the, the it, it's corny, but I, I, so like, before I had kids, I like never had a problem watching any kind of like horror movie, anything bad in a movie. You know, some stuff made me cry sometimes, but like really didn't have a problem watching anything and absolutely very, very different after I've had children. Like I will get affected by like a father, uh, not stopping to, to revenge his daughter. Like that's, that's something that will hit me hard. Um, Aww. I just, I just that's rewatched, very sweet. I, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's evolution. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I am programmed to feel that way for her. It's, it's not, it's not even a choice, but, um, I just watched, rewatched train to Busan last night. Have you guys seen that? Oh, hell yeah. I don't know if you remember the ending of that movie, dude, but like, it's, it's a whole little girl father thing. And like, I'm like, I'm like watching this movie in my garage last night, like sobbing uncontrollably. Oh, Damn, a fucking Korean zombie movie. Like, yeah, it, and it's—I it's, mean, it is a fantastic movie. Like, it's fantastic. That being said, it's a really great movie. But like, it affected me, and I like had to go to bed because I was like just so oh, man. Like, worn out. And so like, I think that did like carry some stuff in this episode, as like silly as that sounds, and as like not as like greatly exaggerated as it was from this episode i was like oh yeah that guy's not going home like he's he's not going home and he's not gonna stop just because you're not gonna help him like you might as well help him really put me in the right headspace as an audience for the episode hell yeah what about a what about a forged in fire tournament with only dad smiths and you call it forged in father 
<laughs> That's a good pun, dude. Oh man. That's an episode title. Uh so right Can I stop you for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Big news. Gabriel Anwar is on Cameo. Oh, oh shit. Wow. Oh shit. Stop the press. Just joined. I, I don't know when she joined, but it must have been recently. Burn she after great. noticing listeners. If if you if there's one thing, if you've ever wanted to do anything for this podcast, uh Cameo.com slash find Gabrielle Anwar. What do you think uh, oh, what do you think in, she's going for? Uh, she's in Sen of a Woman, huh? Oh, that's right. Yeah, she is. How much do you think uh, she's charging? Uh, 120. I'm gonna say 75. Uh, you both split it. You both split it. It was 100. 100. Okay. Even 100. Okay. Even. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Flex, Gabrielle. Absolutely. Oh hell yeah! But uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I checked, but I remember her not being there. So I think she judged a join not that long ago. Great. Great, great, great. So, there we go. um, <laughs> back to the episode, I guess. Uh, this is <laughs> what's funny is we're talking about like the French accents and stuff. Right is where I put in my notes. Is this episode hard to follow or am I just that high? No, it was exactly hard. It was very hard to follow. It was a hard to follow episode. So, we'll try to distill it as easily as possible. And as Haitian I said, bad guys, I was emotionally invested. So, it was very easy for me to follow. I was right there. Okay. Well, Nate followed it. So, mm. I, I mean, I, it came in. It came into focus as the episode kind of went along. I think, like there was uh, the Haitian oh, bad guy, and he was using an assumed name. And the the plan is to like make sure, like expose him for his real name, so he can get extradited back to Haiti. Right? Is that the deal? I think uh, that you know, the, the the plan is pretty ballsy to to. The actual plan, like the actual extraction plan itself is fucking insane. Oh, yeah. Well, I meant I meant even um, approaching him saying, I know who you are and I can make it go away. Like, Yeah, no, the plan from step one is bananas. Yeah. It's bonkers. It's wild. It's insane. It's crazy. The but whole I think thing, we're dealing with a crazy motherfucker in this show. I, Michael Weston is a crazy motherfucker. It's the truth. That's just the feeling I got. He's a serious man, but also a crazy one. So he, yeah, he like goes up to the guy and he's like, listen, I know you, I know everything, I know all the stuff, and so you just have to trust me now, guy, and just expects that to work. Like, there's so many times that Michael just went ahead of bullet put directly between his eyes oh, yeah, absolutely. in this show, yeah. and this is one of those times he'd be like, yeah, sure, oh, come on with yeah. me. They would have taken out to a back alley and shot him. Right yeah, his head. cover, his cover for this one was insane. Yeah, I mean, the best part of his cover was that very nice suit. The suit he was wearing in that first, that first contact was nice, other than that. I feel I like know, there's man. probably a lot of really nice suits in this show. There are, and then there's some, also some really bad ones. Like they, oh, okay. I think they're last very week good was a bad at one. they're good. They're very good at costuming the guys in bad suits whenever they're supposed to be guys who would be wearing <laughs> bad suits. Um, which I do think is like some of the some of the costuming and wardrobing is like low key clever. So you um, know they've got they've got a rack in a trailer labeled bad suits and one yep. good suits. <laughs> <laughs> the bad suits box and the good suits box. Whenever it's a bad suit, you know Bruce Campbell's like. That's very funny. Damn it. Not another one. Uh, <laughs> oh, those are Donovan suits. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he just wants to wear uh, Hawaiian shirts. That's Hell all yeah. he wants to wear. No, that's that. Say, uh, Campbell brought those from home. Real uh, Asian Ventura vibe. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, they're going to they're gonna 
expose this guy. But, of course, you know, they have some problems along the way. I thought one of the interesting things kind of on the side, uh, Fiona versus Sam tension kind of heated up throughout this episode, which I thought was kind of uh, something they've been building a little bit. But I kind of feel like we're going to have some sort of payoff in the future of Fiona and Sam like having a falling out. Interesting. Or a galvanizing moment. Could be the other way around, you know. And then that's when they fuck. That's when they fuck. I still have a theory that Fiona and Sam are going to fuck at some point in this. Series. Well, they might already be fucking. You're just not seeing it. Ooh. Uh, that would this be crazy. too heavy-handed. They would have. They would have let us know by now. I don't know, dude. Bruce Campbell is fucking uh, Michael's mom. I mean, Bruce Campbell. Uh, ooh. So okay, Nate. This is interesting. You think? Well, we've talked about like there's being some like playful horniness there, like flirtation for fun. But you me, think they're fucking? Let me be more clear. Michael's mom fucked Bruce Campbell to the oh. point that she almost shattered his pelvis. Oh, yeah. I mean, Madeline, <laughs> wow. Madeline is a minx. Yeah. Madeline's a silver fox. You think true. they... smoking the whole time. You think they went to a two-person stretching class, stretched each other out for 45 minutes while making direct eye contact, and then just went home? That's a really good point. No, yeah. dude. Yeah, you know what? I have to concede here. I would. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna be on your side here, Nate. Uh, Sam and Madeline fucked. Hundred percent. Yep. I feel like they probably even did earlier in the series. It's not. I mean, they might have been fucking since before the show started. Like you know, but what? Like when Michael and you know Sam were like just like friends back in the day or whatever. How much older is Sam than Michael? Um, I don't know. Like, probably at least twenty. Yeah, at least ten. At least ten, so probably. Yeah, fifteen so sounds right. Could be. A yeah, spotter. because like, they're like Sam's like supposed to be like a Cold War era agent guy. Like he. Oh was, yeah, so he's he his in dad. The Cold War. Yeah. Yeah, he was like. Because I feel like he's probably either early fifties or late forties, and then Mike would be like mid thirties. He's supposed. To, I think Mike's supposed to be like late thirties. Okay, that makes sense. I think something like that because like, I mean, real life Gabrielle Anwar in this season was thirty-seven years old as they were shooting this. Well, now I think yeah, that's wild. Now I think that Sam is his father. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting! Like, uh, Michael, it, Michael's uh, the person who we are told is Michael's dad in this show. He did not have a good relationship with. Oh, he knows so. his father. I uh, knew his father. His dad's dead. Okay. Dad's okay. been dead. That's the so the car that like Madeline's like trying to fix throughout the episode. Right. That right, was like right. her. That's the ex-husband Michael's dad's car, and he like wired up the radio all shittily to like make like him be the only one who could fix it. Uh, that was like a, a through line on the episode. Well, um, maybe I, maybe Sam impregnated Michael's mother in like a an espionage, like weird, like messed up way. You oh wow! So I mean? now you think so Sam's like CIA and like it's like planting like maybe ooh maybe Michael's like a super soldier like baby from like a program that's what using it is. like Sam's super soldier sperm and now like the burn notice people are like the actually the ones who were like kind of like who've been watching him his whole life and that's now like they're activating is. his like MK Ultra brain 100% that's what it is like so he's like a lifetime project like the Truman show of CIA agents absolutely oh shit <laughs> i like that now we're getting oh, into deep it. theories i just want everyone to know that we all got stoned before we recorded this uh, podcast <laughs> we're all going to like like whoa! All dude. of us lit up together before we started recording, and I hope it shows now. You guys are stoned. <laughs> I mean, what gave it away? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's taking a sip of water. You know, it's taxing on the throat to record. Dave's not whiskey. here, man. <laughs> 
Uh, so then we get into the meat of the episode, the, the part we really need to get to, which is the outrageously complicated plan to uh, to catch this guy, which is get a big box truck, put a mattress in it. The only monologue in the show that didn't work for me was the one about the truck. Where he said, yeah, it was. Some I people was, think kidnapping someone with a truck is hard. It's not. I glazed over on this one. I was like, oh my God, we're not, are we seriously doing this? <laughs> it was pretty wild oh, when it like, happened. Oh boy, we're doing this, aren't we? Okay, we're, let's do it. I think I missed why they were doing it. And then when it happened, I just made it even more funny. So yeah, yeah so they, they get a box truck, they put a mattress in the box truck, and then they cut like a perforation in the top of the box truck. So like a lot of weight would, you know, uh, uh, cave it in. So Fiona goes to the Haitian guy and is like, hey, let's go fuck. He's like, cool, let's do that. They go to a hotel room. <laughs> well, cool, she says, she says, oh, 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 let's go fuck. Oh, yeah, she does say, she does <laughs> say oh, I want like, to go have it. Oh, she has, she wee, goes, wee, wee. <laughs> she does an exact uh, monologue from a Pepe Le Pew cartoon. Uh, <laughs> like, There's hearts flying all around her. Uh, and then the guy gets up and runs away and he ends up chasing her around for 14 minutes she has a really long cigarette <laughs> yep. and a beret yeah. and yep. a striped horizontally black and white striped shirt <laughs> so she yeah so he brings uh, uh, the Haitian guy back to the hotel room uh, hits him with a sedative and then throws his ass over a balcony onto the box truck waiting below that crashes into the mattress and then they drive off and that's like their and then michael escapes on a rope ladder he would die right (laughs) they would all be everyone would be dead here you can't fall through the roof of a box truck and just be okay no man he felt like he like fucking took an owen hart style fall he would be absolutely toast 100 percent uh so that's how they catch him and then they uh they put him in a trunk and send his ass back to haiti Case closed. Yeah. That is my number one thing. I love to make a Rube Goldberg machine to catch an international fugitive murderer. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for like a fucking Pee Wee's Big Adventure style machine to like knock this guy into the truck. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I, I will mention is Fiona had a very cool gun for this too. Like when she had like, when she was like Michael's cover. Um, like after that, right? So like the last couple of minutes, um, Michael's gonna like uh, go try to go to the storage unit where maybe the uh, the guy who tried to kill him is. Um, and Fiona's got a very cool gun. She's had this big rifle that was sweet. And so he goes to the storage unit. He go. He, they find the guy and he gets away on foot. And they do like the camera close up shot. And lo and behold, it's that fucking asshole Victor. This fucking guy. I'm I'm intrigued by Victor. Victor is a, a dickhead from an earlier episode, and we didn't yeah. like him then. And we were like, "This guy's a fucking dick, and he's probably going to be back." And it he turns out, to, there he is. He he's tried back. To kill Michael, which episode right? was that? Uh, Josh, mm, do you remember which episode what? that was? I don't. I had to flip through my notes. I feel like it was sometime in early on this half of the season, right? Yeah, it was definitely season two. But I don't know. Victor was here earlier. He's a dick, and now he's coming back. So that's where they leave us off, and that's the episode. Oh, he's in Elysium. Oh, shit. I didn't see Elysium. Is that the one? Speaking of accent, isn't the one where Matt Damon does a South African accent? Yes. Oh, there's so there's your accents connection. Is Matt Damon (laughs) doing an accent in Elysium? I I think it was like very subtle. Doesn't he? Wow, I I don't remember that. I do remember South African accents 
because he's he's in that's that's where it takes place and that one um hardcore henry guy is in it but um yeah lithium's not bad all right all right it's a little heavy-handed with the metaphors oh yeah still pretty good ah okay well so that's the episode for us um we have some thoughts on it uh, I think we'll give ours, and then we're going to give some other folks' thoughts on it, too. So uh, I guess we should probably rate this one out of uh, 10 huge fish. Oh, it's got to be the fish, right? It's got to be out of fish. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and start with this one. It was fun for the Sam parts. It was a good supporting cast episode. There was good moments from all the supporting cast, which I really liked. Uh, I popped when I saw Samson Simpson. Uh, the plot was just, it was so stupid, the, uh, the the plan to get this guy out that I almost had fun with it. I was just like, come on, man. Um, but sort of a mid-level episode for me. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it five big fish. Right in the middle of the road. Right, right in the middle of the, of the ocean. Nice. Middle of the ocean for me. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I can go now. Um, yeah, there was, I think it was pretty standard. I agreed it earlier on. It was more confusing. Um, I guess the non-dads in us <laughs> found that part confusing. Yeah, we just or didn't, just, like, we just didn't operate out. in the same dad wavelengths for this episode, I think. It's not your guys' fault. Yeah, I just uh, I need to get I need to hop to it so some of these episodes will click more. Apparently. Yeah, you gotta go procreate so you can understand better. Yeah, come on, dude. That's why you. Why should, you that's can. actually a good reason to have children is so you can understand burn notice better. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's why, you know, that's the only reason we have to procreate now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> too, real, too, real, too real. Too real. Too real. Oh, sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think I probably would go. I'll say six out of ten because there was uh, there were some goofy, really goofy moments in it that made me laugh. So I feel like that elevated it above the standard episodes. All right, Nate, out of ten, huge fish. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, guys, I, I don't want to blow your mind here, but this is the best episode of Burn Notice that I have ever seen. Holy, Holy shit, shit. Really? really? Wow. Yeah, big praise. This is the big best praise. one. Big best praise. One. Can't compare okay. it to anything else. <laughs> well, um, no, you can't. <laughs> exactly. It's the best one I've ever seen. Um, so I have to give it 10 big fish. Wow. Wow. wow that's a whole school of fish. That's that 10, is baby. crazy. That is a whole school of fish. Incredible. So we had some thoughts on it. Those are ours. Uh, some other folks had thoughts too. There were some multiple IMDb reviews, and I wanted to get, uh, to get into them before we got out of here this week. And Paul, do not rush through these because I do not have anywhere to be, and I'm very excited about this. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. No one's going anywhere. We're on lockdown. So... There, there's four IMDb reviews, and we're, we're going to check out a little bit here. Uh, we'll save the best for last, of course. But this one was yes. from Donna406 from April 2011. Excellent performance by Basil Wallace. This episode itself was only worth a seven. But Basil Wallace's performance as Claude Laurent, the gr- grieving father seeking justice, is what elevates this episode to an eight. Nate, can you agree with that? I do. Was I absolutely Claude Laurent, agree with the that. grieving father as good. a dad? I am Donna. I wrote this review. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. <laughs> Nine years ago. Yeah. Yep. Hi. I had. Oh, I love this. I had never heard of Mr. Wallace before, but found his performance so poignant that I had to check him out on IMDb. The scene in which he confesses that he needs to redeem himself for having been a coward because he felt he didn't try hard enough to save his daughter. Wow. He was so good. He felt like reality had walked into burn notice. <laughs> oh, finally, reality walks into burn notice. And what the heck is reality doing in a spy show? The guy, the guy is that good. And all the while, he is doing an accent. Just wow. 
<laughs> so blown away. All the while, oh, what gave it away? He was doing an accent. Can't believe it. <laughs> oh, As I so said, good. the episode itself is a tad ho hum. Predictable writing overall, and only slightly advances the overall arc. At the end of the show, we find out some information about the assassin. But watch it anyway. Basil Wallace's lesson in acting makes it worthwhile. His lesson in acting. <laughs> Thank you, Basil Wallace. Wow. You know what? Glowing Honestly, praise. Honestly, I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and he's had quite a career. Oh, yeah. Give me, give me, shout out a couple things he's in. So the first thing that he was ever in was a Steven Seagal movie called Marked for Death. Oh, I know Marked for Death. Hell yeah. I do, too. Um, he played someone named Screwface, who I'm assuming wow. is, is either the main bad guy or some henchman. Cool name. Yeah. Great name. He's in Great Star Trek. Name. He's in uh, Quantum Leap. Oh, shit. Yeah, he goes back really far. Um, All right, Basil Wallace. Okay. NYPD okay, we Blue. See ER. So we got one from even earlier. Uh, August 2009 uh, from Metal Boy 5150. So the headline, IMDb's people <laughs> need to pay attention. Uh, Metal Boy writes, this episode is just fine, as is the rest of the show. Didn't start out just wonderfully, but okay. In a sense, developed into a show that's definitely worth watching. No, my issue here is with IMDb. James Black's name in this show is not Jean-Pierre Dumont. It's Jean-Pierre Dumont. So it's not, here's his gripe with this. It's not D-U-M-O-N-T. It's D-U-M-A-N. And he's yeah, this really one is mad. insane. This Reading entire this review before. is about this. Wow. <laughs> now, under normal circumstances, I could understand, as it does rather sound like it could very well be Dumont. In this case, however, there is no excuse, all caps, no excuse, because this man's name is shown on screen, all caps, no less than three times, possibly more. <laughs> this is amazing. Now tell me, as they have built an entire, parenthetical, rather large website, which is probably one of the parenthetical, so if not the most widely trafficked movie sites on the web. I would assume the folks at IMDb know how to read. Oh, fucking get him. He's Jesus. getting the fucking blicky out. Let's go. Let's fucking this go. This is so crazy. This We're is only a like shocking indictment of IMDb. How is IMDb ever going to survive this review? I don't know how they made it 10 years. All right. Uh, uh, let me get back to this. Uh, I would assume, okay. This is why IMDb needs to make it just a little bit easier for users to modify stuff. If it was a little easier, and no, I don't mean Wikipedia easy, but still, that's all in Why not that? Why would Wikipedia easy not be good? This guy has then an axe to grind. Don't make it as easy as Wikipedia. Just make it, make it slightly harder than Wikipedia, but like a little easier than this. <laughs> <laughs> then this would be a non-issue. Some would say it still is. Granted, it's a minor thing. <laughs> You think so IMDb does a lot right, and I appreciate that, and I use it all the time. If not for IMDb, I'd have gone crazy a long time ago. Wow. <laughs> in parentheses. <laughs> Crap. What else have I seen her in? Oh man. However, accuracy this is, is of, so however, funny. accuracy is of paramount importance, I would think. And allowing users to review the pages and maybe send correction suggestions in would be a step in the right direction. The review ends there because he had to get up to go tend to the uh, the living people that he has stored in his basement. Would you Would you like to know something great? I would. This is the only review they've ever written. Incredible. Oh my god! Incredible! <laughs> wow! A scathing indictment of IMDb hidden in season two, episode fourteen of Burn Notice. Wow! So, so you guys, so I, I mean, you guys saw on Twitter. I, I, I do research for the podcast. How did this get made? 
Yes, I'm, I'm aware, which is funny. I mean, we haven't talked about this, but like I've heard your name for a long time because that's like the first podcast I've ever listened to, even before we became friends online. So this is like a big part of what I do is scroll through reviews like this. Yeah. And then clicking on their on their profiles and then just seeing that, oh, yeah, this is the only time this guy ever did this. And like I, I spend a lot of time thinking about like what happened after that. And like, yeah. And you what? know, for those that have listened to How Did This Get Made, you'll know oh. that they found some of the absolute most insanely written reviews in the history. So of the funny. I mean, I, just it, some truly incredible stuff there. If, if you want my personal favorite, it's the um, the uh, Jack Frost review that, that talks Ooh, about Jack Fro- oh, that one's really how the good. kid tried to build a snowman to bring his own dad back. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh my God, that was so good. Yeah. That one's really incredible. Um, yeah. I uh, think about that a lot. There's a great deep blue sea one too. That's one of my all-time favorites. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another. About like <laughs> no, it's about like taking that. a bite or something. I don't know. It's really yeah, good. yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Okay. I so well, I have a treat for you then, Nate. Uh, in a, in a second. So we got two more reviews we want to get to. Uh, one uh, from March '09. This one's low key woke from March '09. Why not use Haitian actors? From from Jen Jean Pierre, and uh, this one reads, "Okay, so I just finished watching this episode, and I love Burn Notice, but the fact that it is filmed in Miami and there are so many aspiring Haitian actors like myself, why not use Haitian actors? That's At least a, the accent would be correct point. for heaven's sake. This is the right part about. It. At least the fucking accents would be correct. Yeah, for real." Yeah, wow. And I love James Black as an actor, but he is Felix from Starter Wife, not a person of Asian descent. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn, James Black gets owned. Wow. The worst thing is that, unfortunately, my grandfather was killed in a Haitian prison, and my uncle was great friends oh with the God. Duvaliers, who were dictators in the country. Whoa, oh this is getting God. real. What the yeah, this fuck? Is, Whoa. This is like a really I didn't pre-screen Brazil. this one. Holy shit. Wait, so, so my... Grandfather was killed in a Haitian prison. My uncle was great friends with the Duvaliers, who were dictators in the country. I truly believe that movies and TV shows need to start looking at us Haitians in this country to play the roles of our people. I don't have a Haitian accent anymore, but I know I could do a better, more believable job than people Hollywood keeps choosing. Please, Hollywood, start using Haitians. This reminds me of Bad Boys 2 all over again. Uh, go off. That was go great. off, Jen, John Yeah, Pierre. absolutely. Standing um, ovation. Um, although I will say there, there's one exception that is made to this. We should hire more Haitian actors and more actors to do patois that are from their island, their native lands. Um, with exception to Chet Hanks, you can put Chet Hanks in anything. Um, <laughs> if Chet Hanks is allowed to do a patois hey, in any hey, of the movies hey, and TV shows, come on now, um, come on, come on. We should we ups. should remake True Romance and we should have Chet Hanks play Gary Oldman's part. That's what I think we should do. Hey, hey, I love it. Hold on now. Big ups to Chet, Chet Hanks. All right, the, come on. Big let's, ups to the whole <laughs> island masses. Come on, let's Chet just Hanks. let's give him the big ups he deserves. Yes, and 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 just let's move on now. Yes, yes. booyaka, indeed. I I really like that review, and 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 it is true. Like oh nine is is very. I think it's a little early for for that kind of thing to be. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, absolutely. And zero of seven people found it helpful. <laughs> you know what? I can I can change that. I can think of at least three people that did, and that's us. I would agree with that, and I think everybody, the five probably more from them are listeners. That's right. You guys, you guys, the five people who listen. You guys, now, fans of fans of Bad Boys. Oh, I love Bad Boys. I, oh yeah, Bad Boys is great. I was watching it though. I was watching the new one though, and I was like, okay, white people wrote this. Like, I've heard this. Like. 
uh, it's it's impossible to not think about when you watch the new one and then you mm. go back and you watch the other two and you're like I, I love Will Smith and I love Martin Short and I'm sure they're like putting their own spin on this. Oh stuff. my God! You just I just, I just I don't want to correct you there, but you oh, said no, Martin, oh, Short. No, oh, Martin Short. Martin oh, And now no. I'm thinking about Martin Short <laughs> with, alongside Will Smith in a Bad Boys movie, and I that just love great. that. Yeah, that is great. I can't believe I said that. Uh, but doing the exact same <laughs> character with the exact same script yeah, as uh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. You shot me in the ass. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah. But what about Jiminy Glick? Is the it's Jiminy Glick instead. I'm going to retire. Ooh, we're just the baddest boys. <laughs> what do we gotta do? <laughs> oh Jesus! I love that. Oh wow, dude, that's fun. All right, so we're gonna get to. Uh, I wanted to save our best review for last, and since you are so experienced with reviews, we're gonna introduce you to a character in in Burn After Noticing review lore. Hit me with it. We have a guy. This is a review from uh, Burn After Noticing favorite Sand Crab Two Seven Seven. Listeners of the podcast will know Sand Crab from previous reviews. So Sand Crab Two Seven Seven Nate only reviews episodes of burn notice and seemingly the weirdest other random like movies and tv show episodes you can possibly imagine and only ever writes one star reviews has never ever given anything better than one star and 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 so he he reviews like not every episode of burn notice but no we can assume maybe just the ones he deems worthy of one star this seems to be the pattern okay Yes. So we're going to read another sand crab. We got a sand crab for you. Uh, it is titled Players Aren't the Issue. <laughs> so funny. Uh, the review reads, this whole series is based on giant load of horse crap from start to finish. Number one, spies never reveal their secrets like Michael does throughout each episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. Uh, like he's Whoa. like the fucking masked magician from Fox. He's like, wow, what the fuck? He would not be saying how to do any of this stuff. Oh, I mean, he's hate on that narration that you're all about, Nate. It's bullshit. Second. Oh, wow. Second, if he were really burned, he'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> there would maybe having a point. There there's no series. There wouldn't be a TV show. There wouldn't even be a show. There wouldn't would be a show. Be dead. Third, finding out who burned him won't change a thing. <laughs> he's basically a walking dead man. Wow. Hmm. Renard me in French means fox. Not even Cleaver. <laughs> yes. That one I love. It says not even Cleaver. <laughs> not even Cleaver. Leave it to Cleaver. He really wanted to see uh, um, uh, Christopher Moltisanti's horror film adaptation Cleaver from The Sopranos. <laughs> it's not even Cleaver, and that's Good. why I'm mad. Good pull, oh, man. Jeez. He's really into Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> What an eclectic mix of reviews. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a this nice... This is like the craziest four this reviews. Episode, this episode, even though it was a middle-of-the-road episode of Burn Notice, gave us some of our best review content. And for that, we thank you. Wow. Fantastic. Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Nate, uh, would you like to plug some stuff? Anything you'd like to uh, uh, tell our listeners to check out? Um, I, I No, I don't... I, I'm, I'm very lazy creatively. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm in the process, a very lengthy process of making a documentary for Bugmane about uh, Matt Kowalik claiming that he went on a date with Beyonce. All right. Um, That's going to be great. Into that? I, I hope it's going to be great. Um, I, I have to email Bugmane and ask him to send me pictures of Matthew Kowalik as a child, and I'm very nervous to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has a whole like, I, I, I know he's got them but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to ask for them um, 
there's that. Uh, me and my wife do a podcast about friends that I haven't put out an episode for for about a year. Uh, All right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you can you can check out that things. You can follow me on Twitter. I, I mean, I just I, I like I like making jokes with you guys and going on your podcasts. Oh, we appreciate it. Uh, two uh, follow-ups. Uh, you were on Rounding Down recently, is that right? I was. That was very oh, fun. So too. definitely check out our friends at Rounding Down, former guests uh, of the of the podcast as well. So we I was like also to do I was also on an episode of. Uh, Dune Dish Boys that hasn't come out yet. Do the Dish Boys. All right, all right. See, we love to do our Buzzcast cross promo. Yep. That was very fun. Uh, and also, one thing I'd like to add is uh, my wife. But that being said, uh, you can follow me at on Twitter, at uh, ThickFlareTTV. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch and twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. All C's, no K's. Uh, I got some emote refreshes coming up there for subscribers. A lot of cool stuff. So definitely check that out. We're having a lot of fun there. Um, and just, uh, I don't know, keep listening to this podcast. Uh, Oh, and watch Bosch. Fucking watch Bosch if you haven't watched Bosch. Bosch rules. I just want to plug Bosch because it's great. I just want to plug Bosch because everyone should watch Bosch. Bosch rules. Um, and Blue Chew sponsor us. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? Where can they find us? They can find us at Burn Notice Pod on Twitter, or they can email at burnafternoticing at gmail.com. You can find me pretty much everywhere with Shake and Bakey. Uh, and on the Bazzi channel. That's Shaky Bacon, right? Shaky Bacon. Uh, for more fun mispronunciations of my name, you can check out my channel on Twitch. You gonna show and, that and, uh, get a cameo from Dakota Charms. Well, now I gotta get a cameo from Gabriel Anwar. Oh man! Um, uh, wow, I'm just I'm excited. We have so much now. to like brainstorm about what that would entail. Yeah, I Shake. think we gotta get out of here and start talking about that now. Shake, when are you gonna show your dick? Up, oh, it had to come up. <laughs> My dick down now has a Twitter account. Really? Yes, follow Shaky's Hog on Twitter. Oh, I gotta, I'm looking, dude, I'm doing that right now. What happens when my dick has more followers than me? Oh my god. Your dick's gonna go on social climbers. Oh, that would be, that would be very funny. We gotta get that account more followers than you just so we can put it on social climbers. If you follow me, please follow Shaky's Hog. What's the voice? Okay, let's get the fuck out of here. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Really thank you guys for having it. me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, Very fun. We will be back next week. We're getting towards the end of this season, uh, so we're looking forward to uh, seeing you again. And as always, don't get burned. Don't get burned. Don't do it.